Well, hello, you awesome nerds. Welcome back to Pitch Slapped, the fan-made Pitch Perfect podcast. My name is Kaylee Hillier, and I just love Pitch Perfect that I needed to do a podcast about it. It's a thing. I'm obsessed. But it's okay, because you are too. We can just revel in the awesomeness that is Pitch Perfect. And of course, we are like well into December now. Pitchmas season is upon us. I feel like I need a little bell whenever we say Pitchmas. It's like a whole thing, but I don't have one. We're okay. You can breathe easy. It's not going to get that cheesy on the podcast. You never know. Already a little bit cheesy. I'm not a big, big Christmas fan. And I was like, oh, it's December. We're going to need to do a few Christmassy podcasts. And last year I uncovered like this thing that did help me really kind of feel a bit more into Christmas. And that was Christmas fan fiction. As far as I remember, this was like the first year, last year, 2019, that I had my first experience of December in a fandom. I was not prepared for how many Christmas stories were going to be written during this time. And also you had Pitchmas, which is this whole Tumblr thing where you can create stuff for each other and share stuff. So the amount of content coming out during December was amazing. And I was at this period where I was like feasting on everything. I was slightly obsessed. And then, of course, December 25th came and then the Pitchmas gifts were all arriving. And it was like, oh, my word, I do not have enough time in the day to consume this amount of content. But you know what? I am all here for it. And I'm just so excited. This is a whole thing. I got to appreciate the fact that fan fiction was a way for me to just feel a little bit more of the spirit of the Christmas season and to get a little bit more Christmassy. So I thought we needed to do an episode around Christmas fan fiction. And this is why we're doing it this early on in December, because this gives you time to kind of delve into the stories and the lead up to Christmas and just enjoy it. There are so many Christmas stories and I was hunting around and I was actually like really impressed with the variety of ships that are covered with Christmas. I was yet to find a Jastly story. So if anybody does have a Christmas Jastly story, I would love to read it and let people know. So if you do, let me know. You can contact me on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Just drop me a message at pitslappod. You can find me there because we want to share it all. So we're going to be delving into Pitch Perfect fan fiction, Pitch Must Fix. But first, we do need to cover our actor news for this week. Although we're in December, it does seem that there is a whole load of things that people are getting up to. And of course, as we're getting to the end of the year as well, a number of things happening. Starting off with Anna Camp, she was actually on The Talk on CBS in the morning last week, talking about her feature on The Creep Show, because they're doing this Christmas special that's coming up and will be shown on Shudder. Sounds really intriguing and I'm kind of excited to find out a little bit more about it. So she talked about that on her interview, but then also talked about her experience with COVID and everything like that. There are some clips up and around online if you want to check that out. Also, Chrissy Fitz Christmas videos are really picking up steam over the past week. We've had a number of these Christmas videos shown. She keeps sharing them, especially on her Instagram. And they're basically talking about finding ways to press pause and not get overly stressed during the Christmas season. So far, I've seen four episodes. Each episode is a little bit of the story. And they cover some of the kind of standard stresses that you might find during the Christmas season. 
And it's done with the Jed Foundation and VS Pink, all written and directed by Chrissy Fit herself. Exciting stuff. I mean, they are quite cheesy, but I think it works for the content that they're producing and just kind of like bring a lighthearted note with a serious message that, yeah, these are actually things that do stress people out of Christmas that are difficult. And you know what? It's okay to press pause and take a moment to just remind yourself and get yourself back on track and look after your mental health during the Christmas season. Esther Dean has been taking to TikTok recently and recently she actually filmed like the first few seconds of the final song from Pitch Perfect 1. It was a whole mood. And she's even stood there recreating the dance moves. When I saw it, I was just like, oh my word, the the flashback feels that I am getting right now was so good. You know how it starts with a little bit of the price tag and everything. I mean, that one section of the song, but you know when you hear it, like that slow build of price tag, it just just sends your shivers. So good. If you do want to check it out, I would suggest checking it out on Instagram. She shared it on there as well. As we get ever closer to Christmas, lots of weird stuff often happens and I'm very excited about this year because earlier on this week, Elizabeth Banks posted up a meme of herself with Tom Hanks on her shoulder and she was inspired from some of the uh, Elf on the Shelf puns and memes that are going around to recreate one for herself. So we have got Tom Hanks on Elizabeth Banks. So good. And this sparked, with the My Elf trend, Chrissy Fit to have a go. So we've got Brad Pitt on Chrissy Fit that you can see on her Instagram. And then, if that wasn't enough, Anna Camp did one. This picture of Edward Cullen on her shoulder. Vamp on Camp. I mean, if that doesn't make you smile, I don't know what will. That was fantastic. It was so good. Nobody else has done one yet, but I can't wait to see some more. But it did get me thinking of what other ones that we could do. And so I spent like ages thinking this out and making some, asking other people. And we came up with a few. So we had Odin on Posen, Jimi Hendrix on Anna Kendrick. Kind of works. We went with that one. A Punk on Emily Junk. Yes. Jordan Peele on Chloe Beale. Get it? (laughs) One of my friends. Aubrey Posen Esquire. I've got to give credit for this one. Kelly on Shelley. I mean, get it? It was so good. So good. So we've been posting up some of the memes recently. And another one of my favourites suggested by Beyond Chloe: Things that glow on Britney Snow because she loves glow sticks that much. I had to be done. It really did have to be done. If anybody has any other suggestions, I'm all up for making some more. Not that I have the best Photoshop skills, but I will have a go. You know, <laughs> let's just keep this going. There was one on uh, Tumblr, Godzilla Inspiration 23 said, Bowie on Chloe. That one is also really good. I might have to make that one up. I mean, who doesn't want to see David Bowie on Chloe? If you are into DSM, Falula Borg, the famous YouTuber, obviously, Peter from DSM, big online star, he will be doing a holiday show in the build-up to Christmas on Saturday the 12th of December. It's an online stream where he'll be making music And if you've ever actually watched him create the creations that he builds up, they are quite impressive. I don't know how he does them on the fly, literally sat there 
They're weird, but they're highly impressive. So he's going to be making music. Apparently, he's going to be having a go at making some bad haikus. And you can also have the opportunity to have some one-to-one video chats with him as well. If you want to find all about the times, because he's listed different times for different countries, you can check that out on his Instagram account. And finally, Rebel Wilson has been voted as one of Forbes Asia's 100 most influential celebrities on social media for this year. From their website, they said that Wilson declared 2020 as her year of health and kept her 9 million Instagram followers updated on her fitness and weight loss journey. An October post captioned, Just Call Me Fit Amy attracted 545,000 likes. She's a busy woman. But we appreciate it and well done for Rob Wilson for being one of the 100 most influential celebrities on social media with Forbes Asia. That's your actor news for this week. It's time that we delve into some holiday season fanfics. Now, when I started pondering about the greatness that is Pitchmas and fan fiction that I could suggest or that I've enjoyed reading... I felt a little bit overwhelmed because there's so much of it. And I feel like with the season, it's inspirational. There's a lot you can take with the idea of Christmas or holidays that allow people to write numerous one-shots, so many different ships that you can cover, or like complete stories, like multi-chapter stories that you can do as well. I know that I had delved into Christmas fanfics before last year when I got really, really into it. And of course, there's loads being produced this year that we're just not going to, right at this moment, be able to talk about. There's no way that I could read it all and suggest some for you. So I thought, why don't we see what fix you enjoy that we could suggest here on the podcast? So I put some feelers out there and I was like pleasantly surprised with the suggestions that came back. Some of them I'd never read before and it was so much fun to actually like delve into these stories, knowing that these were stories that people really, really enjoyed, that people loved and just get their take on it. Also, because it is holiday season, most of them are going to be Christmas, but we do have one that is a Jewish one as well because I feel like that needed to be covered. So, so much to get into with our Pitchmas fan fiction. Starting off with one of my favourites. Now, I will premise this one. This particular story is close to my heart. No matter when you got into the Pitch Perfect fandom, there's probably one or two stories when you started reading that really stood out to you. And when I decided to kind of even delve into, oh, let's read fan fiction... I'd never really done it before. I didn't know what to expect. I kind of searched on Google, found some tabs, and this was the first story that I ever read. And so for me, this particular story means a lot to me because it was such a wonderful story to read. And I think because this was the first story I I ever saw, it's the one that was the first one there, and I dove into it. It was just kind of like such a great introduction for me into the fandom. And so when it came time to share Pitchmas stories, I knew that this was the one that I was going to share first. It's called Under the Mistletoe by Not So Average Fangirl. It's available on AO3 and on fanfiction.net. And the summary says, takes place a few months before Pitch Perfect 2, specifically around Christmas time, 
Becca and Chloe have gotten closer over the years and their friendship has never been better. But what happens when they're forced to kiss under the mistletoe and sparks fly? Will things end well? This is a multi-chapter story. It's about 12 chapters. And it is just literally into a, like a full-on but Chloe Christmas story. I think also because I had no reference when I read this story as the first one I had ever read as to what this was going to be like. I didn't know what to expect. I weren't sure how they were going to kind of build into this relationship, how it was all going to play out. If you want like a good amount of mutual pining, some good humour in there, Becca being oblivious to some stuff, the awkward moments of Becca and Chloe walking around their feelings, not wanting to say how they feel, to a big climatic ending, like everything is there in 12 chapters that you just need. And it all starts off with the Bellas Christmas party. You get to see the dynamics of the Bellas and all the characters between each other. And I really loved how this writer kind of written in the Bellas into the story as well, just giving the little inklings of their personalities. And there's just something about having two people in love who were such disasters that really sells this story, but also just add on to that the tact of Christmas as well. And then you get kind of the Christmas feels. Also, chucking in two people who are desperately in love with each other and alcohol is never a good combination, but it, it proved some hilarious results in this. And I will just say, so I don't gush over this fic too much because it just means a lot to me. <laughs> Becca's solution to kind of overcome the problem involving alcohol is hilarious. And like, I don't know how they ended up in this situation, but it was just so good. It just, there's a point in the story which just make you chuckle and laugh and it just works so well. Becca sometimes being a little bit of an idiot, but she rectifies it so well. It's so good. And such an enjoyable little story for Christmas. Let's have a look at some of your suggested Christmas fanfics. Rifewit204 on Tumblr suggested a couple of stories to me. The first one is called The Wonders of Winter Magic on AO3 by No Good in Goodbye. The summary says Becca wondered if the redhead could hear her pounding heart, could feel her pulse jumping at the tender way warm fingers traced the small slither of skin just above her hip. Or Chloe loves Christmas, Becca really loves Christmas, and it's a secret. One thing that I love about this story when I was reading through it was the effort that Becca goes through to seem uninterested in Christmas when she actually really loves it. And I thought this was a really lovely take on Becca because often she's depicted as quite hating Christmas, not really into it, but she does it because, you know, Chloe loves it or whoever she's with. And I kind of buy into that as like a rule of thumb, like, yeah, Becca's just not into Christmas. But I actually really enjoy doing a story where Becca like really, really loves Christmas. But she just doesn't want people to know she loves it as much as she does. This story also has Stacy as Becca's best bud. I always love it when Stacy and Becca are like really tight because it can lead to some hilarious results. Or just the banter between them is really, really fun. So you get a lot of that in this story, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And it kind of revolves around this kind of secret Santa thing that's happening. 
What I thought was really fun in the story is it just takes these little scenes of Christmas that you'd often encounter, whether it's decorating or Christmas carols or family gatherings and things like that. And you get to kind of just have these little snapshots into how Becca reacts. And like they often preface each section with like Becca really loves this part about Christmas. But then you get to then see her trying to enjoy it, but not giving away how much she actually enjoys it to the rest of the Bellas. And so you have this fun play on what she really loves and like how much she wants to maintain her street cred. And it's always funny when uh, Becca gets called out for her enjoying things that she's been so verbal about hating. I think that's the thing is like people know that Becca's just talking a big game and she's playing this whole facade up. Does anybody actually believe her? I think all the Bellas at this point know it's a facade. And yet, Becca is adamant of living up to that. There's also this whole running thing during the story of this secret Santa that the Bellas are doing. And Chloe is so desperate to know who Becca gets out of secret Santa that she's constantly pestering about it and even when you think that maybe she's let it go and moved on every now and then during the story it pops up again i don't know how poor becca like keeps her mouth shut but it's just all these little things that just tie the story together becca just being the sweetest person for her affection for chloe is just everything you need for your like christmas feels this time of year another story suggested by rife wit 204 is called Flannel Sheets and Mistletoe by A Reader of Many Things on AO3. The summary says what happens when first-year vet student Chloe Beale misses her flight home for Christmas because of a snowstorm and ends up attending Aubrey's annual Christmas party with a bunch of people she barely knows. She ends up having to kiss a hot girl she just met under the mistletoe during Fat Amy's Wandering Mistletoe Game and it leads her to the love of her life. This is four chapters long, so it's like a good kind of length of story. And this is like a really sweet little story that's kind of come together. It's it's his own little universe. There's something really nice about your two favourite characters having this meet cute and the fact that it's also Christmas themed. And you get to see them kind of meeting for the first time. All the nervousness and feels, especially with what Chloe's going through and... The fact she didn't want to go to this Christmas party, she goes anyway. And in a way, although it's quite lighthearted, there's like a lot of real life instances where that can happen as well. And then the fact that she ends up meeting Becca and having this moment that then leads to other things. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about the story was the first chapter and so is them meeting. But then you have these whole other chapters where you get to delve into that even more. All because Fat Amy is doing the stupid mistletoe game. But we have to appreciate Fat Amy for at least bringing those two together. It's a really interesting way of telling the story because it starts off with them together. And so then a lot of the rest of it is going to be like flashbacks to like how they met and everything coming together. And it's just like, oh, this is so good. So you've got no pressure delving into the story if you just want some like good christmas fluff this is where you want to be and i love the fact that already together and it's just because they reminisce about where they are and how they met that you then get the flashback and you get to have the meet cute you get to have them kind of like coming together and it's just so lovely giving you all the good feels 
It's also really interesting to have a story where Becca's the one who seems to know a lot of people. Often Chloe's the one because she's quite the social character. But because she's kind of gets stranded, she ends up going to Aubrey's Christmas party and maybe doesn't know that many people. And so you get this whole lovely interaction with Aubrey and her friends meeting Chloe and the banter that they have with Becca. It's fantastic. And it's this like little snapshot into moments of their relationship, all of which revolve around Christmas. Definitely brings all the Christmas feels that you want. It's like a good feel-good story. Rejection isn't failure suggested Extraordinary Merry Christmas by TMYLM. The summary says, I wish you would write a fic where in Pitch Perfect 1, Becca and Chloe are hooking up in secret and are trying to hide it from the Bellas. But everyone totally knows, so they're kind of trolling them. It's on AO3 and this is a mature story, so you have been warned. Because you've kind of got Becca and Chloe figuring out like what they are, but then the fun of it comes from the Bellas. It's great to have a story where they are almost an important part of Becca and Chloe getting to a solid place in their relationship and they just have a lot of fun doing it as well. <laughs> I think this is because this is a retelling around Pitch Perfect 1. So you get those moments that are Pitch Perfect 1, those moments that you remember from the movies and like these little snapshots that you're getting, but then also have the added twist of the fact that instead of Becky and Chloe maybe getting together, they already got together pretty early on and how this plays out. And it allows you to kind of almost look at some of the scenes in a completely different way. And what I think is really interesting, you get the whole them dancing around their feelings, but it leads to some really intimate and cute moments. And one of my favourites is a scene where Chloe just wants to spend time with Becca. So she like wakes her up at ridiculous time in the morning to go for a walk or something and it's so silly and yet it just leads to this really lovely moment. Chloe is so sweet in a lot of these and Becca just seems like so oblivious and it almost feels like it's because of Becca's obliviousness that they end up in this friends with benefits situation. I don't know if she's completely aware of what is happening half the time, she just kind of bundles into it, doesn't know how to deal with it Chloe seems the leading force in a lot of things, just especially the initial parts of the relationship, whatever you want to call it. And it's fun just seeing Becca trying to figure out what the heck is going on half the time. And because they end up in this weird situation where they're not sure how each other feel and working and navigating through their feelings and what they've kind of built up, the Bellas just have so much fun messing with them and the situations that they end up in. It just brings this story that could have been quite angsty. It adds this whole lightheartedness that really just makes the story. And it all climaxes at Christmas time. Everything gets to a head. And I think because of the stress of Christmas and the fact that both of them don't really know how they feel about each other and it all just boils up to this moment, it blows up and you get this Christmas ending. And it's lovely to just have like that build up. You know, this wasn't just like a quick one week event. This literally was a few months in the making to get to this point. The next story has been sent in by Maya, who said she loved the story Sweater Weather by Miss Lane. The summary says, Red, we have a proposition for you. We want you to make the ugliest looking article of clothing you can and give it to Becca. 
there's a bit of a debate on whether she'll actually wear it or not. And I love summaries like this, where it just teases what this story is all about. Again, you have another story here where there is a good amount of Bella's banter. We get like the whole of the Bellas in this story just playing around with the whole idea of Becca and Chloe. And it kind of all hinges on this idea that Becca loves Chloe so much that she will literally do anything. She might be the coolest person and she might give this air off that she's cool, but when Chloe's concerned, she will let go of all of that because she loves Chloe so much. And so you get the Bellas kind of arguing over this fact. And the story is great because it literally delves straight in there. There's no messing around with this one. You know what the story's about. You delve straight in to the Bellas debating this fact. When I was reading it, I could totally imagine this happening with the Bellas kind of all gathered around debating on how much of a pushover Becca was to Chloe. It also lends itself quite well because I think I've read so many stories of the Bellas having bets when Becca and Chloe were going to get together and things like that. And the fact that they would have some investment in their friends and this relationship that they can see, and yet these two idiots just don't seem to get it, that this worked so well. And I love the fact that Aubrey's kind of in amongst it as well. And I thought it was kind of cute because I don't think Chloe goes about trying to make an ugly Christmas sweater. It seems like she genuinely is invested in making a nice sweater for Becca, but it's definitely not something that would be to Becca's taste. And one of the endearing factors of this is there's a moment in the story where it talks about her diligently working on the sweater for months. Like, this isn't something that is like, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just put something together that'll look really naff and really rubbish, but Becca will wear it. No. This is something that genuinely Chloe's invested in, and it seems to be an idea that she's had for quite a while. So the fact that she's spent so much time and effort, and I think that was a lovely touch to the story because the story in itself is about how much Becca cares for Chloe and does stuff for Chloe, that having that element of Chloe working so hard on this sweater was also a way of just showing to me as a reader how much Chloe cares for Becca. And although it might not be to Becca's style, it might not be this that she would usually wear, Chloe wants to make something genuinely for Becca. And so even though this is a really lighthearted story, there's like this little pressure in there that Chloe genuinely hopes Becca likes it because she's worked so hard. And so you're just kind of a little bit nervous as you read through it. There was a point where I was like genuinely feeling that Chloe's going to be crushed if Becca doesn't like this. As much as I don't want Becca to lose face or whatever it is, like lose her street cred, there's like also this moment of but I really hope she wears the sweater. Like, I get invested in this as much as the Bellas almost to the fact that, please put it on, Becca. Do not let us down. Show us how much Chloe means to you because Chloe has worked flipping hard on this sweater. And although it's like a fairly quick and short story, I was surprised at how much I got invested in this whole situation and it was so much fun to read. Teresa sent me a story called The Sex Elf by C.J. Jacobs on AO3. The summary says, it's Christmas Eve at Becca and Chloe's house, and Becca has one thing on her mind. Well, what can I say about this story? I have never read this story before. This was the first time I had read it. It's a one chapter, but it is it's fairly long. There's like a good amount of detail in there about stuff. One of the things I found so endearing about this particular story was all of these little moments of domestic fluff that you get. 
This is an established McChloe relationship. They're like parents and they've been parents for a few years. But you get this whole lovely backstory to where they get to and it gears all around their kids. And so you get the typical situation of the parents on Christmas Eve wrapping gifts for their child. I've not had kids myself, but there was something like really endearing about having a very genuine situation that a lot of parents have to go to and how both of them kind of react differently. So you have the whole anticipation of like Chloe wanting to make this really special for her, the daughter. And, you know, I think about my own mum and like how she would have got into it and the parents staying up late wrapping gifts, trying to make it all a big surprise. What that means to the parents as well, like how it's special for them at the same time. And you get these lovely little moments where you can really feel the care that Becca and Chloe have as being parents. And along with that as well, you get some really hilarious moments. There's this moment where their child wakes up and they have to kind of deal with the fact there's still no presents under the Christmas tree and their child is like mortified. Obviously, you've got all the domestic fluff and like these things happen to parents. It's like really lovely to delve into that and just get these little moments. But the thing that twists the story around a little bit is the fact that Becca is pregnant and she is very horny. Like there's there's not really any other way you can say this quite as plainly. Like her hormones have gone wild and she's extremely horny and she has needs. Okay. I will warn you, there is like a little bit of smut in there. So just, you are warned. One of the things that's so funny is the efforts Becky will go to when she is that horny to try and seduce Chloe or get Chloe to like stop all the rapping is hilarious. Which is where the sex elf comes in. It's such an odd title. And you delve into it thinking, where did the title come in? Like, what is this sex elf? And part of me is thinking like, well, maybe it's one of them dressed up as an elf or like something else. No, there is like no way of anticipating where the sex elf comes into it. But I will tell you, hilarious when the sex elf does arrive throughout the story and (laughs) what happens there. When they were talking about the sex elf, I was just picturing this little elf from like Elf on the Shelf. And I was like, oh my word, I'm never going to be able to look at these elves in the same way again. One final but Chloe story for you, for your pitchmas reading. This was on Instagram. Megan suggested Little Ugly Tree by Just the Once on AO3. Now, the actual story is two parts. If you want to get the whole of the thing together... It's known as the Ugly Tree Universe and there are two one-shots that make this story what it is. But it starts off with the little ugly tree and the summary just says yet another Chloe Christmas fluff fic with some extra cheese. This is set in around the Bella's house at Barden so you get the lovely just Bella's Christmas. There's something really special about having those Bella's Christmas moments and it starts off with Becca and Chloe Christmas tree shopping And Chloe ends up picking this tree out, which is like the ugliest tree of all of them. And everybody questions, why did you pick the ugliest tree? You had all the choice of all these great Christmas trees, but you picked the ugliest one. And Chloe's excuse is the fact that that's exactly why she picked it. Because nobody else was going to pick this ugly tree. And she wants to care for this ugly tree. It means a lot to her. Of course, Becca agrees and they end up bringing this tree home to the reaction of the Bellas and everything. And that is like the premise of the story. And I love that beginning because what it does 
and it, we'll reference it later on is you got to kind of see an insight into chloe as to like why would she have picked this tree and it's such an endearing quality it reminds me of friends if you've ever watched friends there's a christmas episode where i think phoebe looking for a christmas tree or something joey's working at this christmas tree place i don't know if she's working there or she's looking for a christmas tree i can't remember but she witnesses the old trees getting put in the shredder and it's like, no, 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 this is awful. That They end up getting all of the old trees and putting them in the apartment so that they save the tree's life. They fulfill their Christmas purpose. So it just reminded me of Chloe so much and the fact that she would pick this little tree out because nobody else was going to pick it. She fell in love with this little tree. But that action at the beginning of the story is like the underpinning for the rest of the story. And in a lot of ways, this is a typical pining situation where you get two idiots, Becca and Chloe, who clearly love each other and they just don't know how to say it. A lot of the story is taken from Becca's perspective. And so she's reading into situations that are happening. And she often looks up at this tree and kind of muses about the fact that Chloe picked this tree and what this tree could mean. And I think there are times when she even talks to the tree when I was kind of reading it and going off of what happens in this story to just think about what the tree means. And I'm not saying it is as deep in any way, but it really got me thinking of like, gosh, the symbolism of this tree is amazing. If you want to like dissect it and go into like Becca and Becca and Chloe and that whole thing over there. And you get this build up to a Acca Christmas party at the Treble's house. The mutual pining is getting quite bad and... It all just kind of comes to a head all around this ugly little tree. Now you can read the first part of this story and be quite happy with what happens. But for me, the second part is just as much fun to read. And so if you are planning to read it, I would definitely try and read both parts of the story. Because with all of the pining that happens in the first part, there's something really special about what happens in the second part. It's so cute and fluffy and just like poor Becca. I don't know how she ends up in some of these situations. It's quite funny as well. And I think it really does show the lengths that Becca will go to for Chloe, even if she is that embarrassed. And I've read this story a number of times. I remember the first time I read it and I was just like, yes, it just I needed a story like this. It was so good. We've had a whole host of the Chloe fix. Then it was really nice to get some more because I know everybody loves different ships in the fandom. Delicia shared a story called Mistletoe Shit Show by Just The Once on AO3. The summary just says, I got a little drunk and made a Chawbury Xmas half shot. So you don't get a lot going into the story about what this is about. It's a short story, but thoroughly enjoyable to read because it's slightly unexpected. We get a Chawbury Christmas story Stacy is Aubrey's best friend and she wants to drag her out to a Christmas party because Aubrey just doesn't go out and enjoy herself. In Aubrey going to this Christmas party, something happens and it all blows up in Aubrey's face. And because this story is quite short, I really loved how it just kind of got to the point and you just get a little bit shocked of how quickly like things would literally shift and change and blow up as it does. And I think one of the things that was kind of endearing to the story that I wasn't expecting, especially when you read the beginning and you read about the fact that Aubrey's, she wants to stay home. Like she doesn't care about going out partying. She wants to stay home and study and none of this interests her. So you get this idea that she's kind of very dedicated, gentle soul. And so 
when you then delve into what actually happens in the story and how it all blows up, you're just like, I'm astonished that Aubrey did that. Slightly terrifying. And yeah, I was like reading and thinking, actually, yeah, this makes sense. And then you get like a good dose of Chloe on the back end of the story as it all just kind of unwinds. It's a lovely little one shot to kind of check out, especially if it into Chorbury. And to just throw another ship at you, Kate on Instagram suggested a Mitchin story called Maybe Christmas Perhaps Means a Little Bit More by Bichloe Her on AO3. The summary just says, what is happening? Aubrey looks at Becca, their hands intertwined and smiles. You really thought we'd let you spend Christmas alone? Two lines of this story that then leads into this lovely take on Mitchson. And it's kind of like its own little universe. But what I really loved is you've got Chloe and Aubrey as roommates. Chloe's dating Stacey. As you can imagine, lots of sexual tension running there. And they're like getting really into Christmas. And I really liked that whole idea of like the housemates making it big and like making something special and they'd all gather together for Christmas and Stacey the girlfriend would come over and they'd have all this time and moments together. There's a structure there which obviously with Aubrey works really really well and you get that sense throughout the story that they have this routine and structure with their lives and I love the way that Becca just disrupts that. I think that's one of the things that I love about Mitch and it can grate Aubrey, but at the same time, that's where they kind of work well off each other. And so the abrupt arrival of Becca, their next door neighbour, coming into their apartment, flopping on their couch, falling asleep, really sends Aubrey into quite the loop. And she's just a bit like, what the heck is happening? Like, we, you're my next door neighbour and I don't really know you that well. I don't really speak to you. What would you do if a stranger or your next neighbour just came into your apartment, flopped on the sofa and then fell asleep? such a bizarre situation to happen and that's so funny as well because then you're like well it's not even like they just met because becca's now asleep how does this work i don't get it so you can't really call it a meet cute till they like meet the next morning but like it all works and that begins aubrey in this situation where she's not sure about her feelings and yet she's very torn between like wanting becca to be there or spend time and not and it's really great to have this inner monologue of like Aubrey arguing with herself, I don't want her to come, but then I'm disappointed she doesn't come. I'm working through this in her head. And I think, I wouldn't say that it's a slow build, but the, that little build up of these little moments that they share together or they go through, especially with like Chloe and Stacey there as well, lead into Aubrey working through her feelings. Although it's from Aubrey's perspective or about Aubrey, you get this sense that Becca's just as awkward which is like really endearing to have. And it kind of works through the Christmas season and you get these like lovely moments. I love as well the fact that Chloe is just so giving throughout this whole thing. They don't really know Becca. They haven't met her that many times. They've only just started speaking. And then from that moment, Chloe's just like, oh, we just need to look after her. Give her some cookies. I, I made some batches of cookies and she can have some. Or Sammy's going to be alone for Christmas. Just bring him over. It's all fine. And just... I could totally see Chloe being like this in a number of situations. And although Aubrey might be a little bit begrudging about it, she kind of wants to bring that as well. And so it just like all comes together. It's very, very enjoyable. And of course, like just lovely little cute bit of Mitson for your pitchmas season. Now, because this is a holiday season, obviously there are lots of Christmas stories, but I wanted to end the podcast on a not so Christmas story. 
because some of the great things about fan fiction is that you can explore so many different things and it means that so many different experiences can be expressed through these characters and one that i had the privilege of reading last year this story just kind of came out of nowhere and yet it was such a lovely read to have a story that was yeah okay there are elements of christmas in there but this is a hanukkah story and i'm not jewish i don't know that much about the judaism it was so lovely to kind of delve into a story which is a completely different world than what i know about and i felt like i learned so much and part of me always felt that like i was joining chloe learning about this stuff part of me was like man i just want to like experience this stuff now and like understand it and i found myself after reading it or during reading it googling parts of hanukkah and the celebration and just being like man this is amazing the story is called deck the halls with lots of chala by 22 thai and it's available on ao3 the summary says chloe is a complete holiday fiend and christmas is her favorite one of all becca not so much this tale takes a trip through how Chloe meets and ends up blending their customs and traditions. Oh, does Chloe have so much to learn. Happy Christmaker. In the notes, the author does kind of say that they wanted to try their hand at writing something around Hanukkah. And they do preface this with saying that they're not Jewish themselves and they had to kind of rely on friends and Google to learn about the customs and to try and get something that would hopefully give a tribute to some of the other celebrations that are happening this time of year and i think that that really shows in this story the amount of detail that is in there and even though the author says they're not jewish i loved not only the detail but just the heart that came in to appreciating some of the customs and things that becca goes through and she shares with chloe and i thought that was really really endearing I wasn't expecting it as well, just the beginning of the story starts around this pet event that's happening. Becca has this guinea pig and the whole reason that they ever meet is because Becca has this guinea pig. It's the coolest guinea pig ever. Like, if I was going to have a guinea pig, I would want to have a guinea pig like this one. And I think that was really enduring about the stories. You get this whole element of just who these characters are and although you're prefaced with the fact that this is going to be a story around Hanukkah, you get to know who these people are first. I think it'd be really daunting to feel like people are getting turned off because they mentioned this is going to be more religious in a sense. But I thought it was so important to know who these characters are that you understand that they're people and they have emotions. And although you're going to learn a lot about Hanukkah going through it, that it really is about these characters. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting, obviously you want to get a lot of details from their perspectives of how they celebrate the festive seasons and you get Becca and Chloe relationship building up. Chloe loving all these holidays and putting a lot of effort into celebrating them, especially in and around her vet practice that she's doing. But what I really loved about this story, and I thought it was such a lovely take on it, is you're building up this relationship and it's blossoming. But then when you have to try and deal with religion in a relationship, it can be quite difficult i've got a religious background myself and i know how difficult it can be when your values aren't necessarily the same and it's really daunting as well and for me there was something really really special about reading a story where you have a character like becca who has something really sacred to their heart 
And that could be anything. I mean, in this sense, it's around religion, but it could be around a number of different things. And how difficult that is to share with somebody else, something that maybe makes a part of your identity, makes you who you are, the values that you've placed up. And it's really daunting to share that with somebody else and hope that they respect it or appreciate it because it means so much to you and maybe it's a big part of your life. And so I can understand and appreciate why something like that that's so special to Becca is really hard to share. Chloe, although she loves Christmas and this is like a big deal to her, she's so willing to just kind of delve into this and learn about it and so sensitive to the fact that this means a lot to Becca. And so it was lovely to see the dynamic between the two of them of Becca opening herself up like that to Chloe. And then you just see their relationship getting stronger as they both appreciate where each other are at and as they're learning this stuff. And Becca's patience with the fact that Chloe has no idea and that she can kind of just share these little traditions and these little things that mean something to her and and that she wants to display as part of her faith. Anybody could take that in so many different ways. And Chloe gets to see a whole new side of Becca because she's so open to learning about it herself. And so it was just so cute. You're like learning along with the stuff at the same time Chloe is. And I thought that was a lovely touch with the fact that the author probably understood that many of us reading are not going to have that much of a clue. So why not have a character that you can kind of walk through this with and learn about it at the same time? So if you want a completely different take on this holiday season, check it out. This is Deck the Halls with lots of chala. And that wraps up our Pitchmas fan fiction. All of those that you have suggested, one of my own. And I thought it was so much fun to just delve into fanfics that you had suggested, stuff that you liked. I had no idea what I was going to delve into next. And so I hope that you enjoy this list. And I can't wait to see what fan fiction gets brought out this year, especially with Pitchmas just around the corner. Thank you so much for listening for today. Of course, you can keep up to date with the podcast via our social media accounts. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for the Pitch Slapped pod and I'll see you next time.